Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today we're here to talk about Ninja Scroll, an anime movie that came out in 1993. And as always, I have here with me Ramon. Hey guys. Raul. Howdy, howdy. And today we have a very special guest, somebody that has brought me years of entertainment and laughter. He's a writer for Screen Junkies, and you can find him live every Tuesday on Honest Trailer Commentaries. Lon Harris, welcome to the show, Lon. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here, guys. Okay. No, no, we're, we're, super, we're super excited to have you. You know, when I reached out to you and I asked you to come on the show and I kind of said we could talk about any anime, you gave me a list. And then that mm -hmm. list was Ninja Scroll. And the moment you put that, my face just lit up because I'm like, we have to talk about this. So I wanted to ask you if you could tell us a little bit about your history with anime and why this sure. movie specifically was on the top of your list of uh, favorite animes. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, this was 1993 was right around the time I would have first heard about anime at all in any way. I was in high school at that point. Uh, it was still anime, really, even as a term was not like everybody didn't know what that was. It wasn't a huge thing. We, Japanimation was actually what people exactly. called it back then for the most part. Uh, so I had a friend named Lauren, uh, a guy, L-O-R-E-N, my friend Lauren, and he he was very into, even from that, I don't know, he was just a cool kid. I don't know where, <laughs> he wouldn't have been like 14, 15 in the 90s, but he already knew about uh, manga and anime, and he was already into it. Uh, and like, I, you know, he would talk about it on a level I was not even ready to follow, but he would also bring like videos and just show you random stuff. And that was all of the first anime I ever saw would have been Lauren being like, oh my God, dude, check this out. And like putting on Ghost in the Shell and I had no context oh. for it whatsoever. Uh, so that was like, to me, that was really the golden era when I learned about all, all of this stuff. And, and when I first got into it and discovered it, and it was really like a totally different, I mean, for me, you know, animation at that point, I really didn't know about animation for adults. It was, you know, Disney movies and cartoons on TV. And I loved all that stuff, but yeah, I didn't even really know. So watching like Ninja Scroll, for example, when you see it right away, it's like very sexual, <laughs> yeah. very violent, very adult. Like it's really like an R-rated, <laughs> you know, very adult movie, but just happens to be using animation. And not just it's not just animated, but it's using the animation to change the nature of how the violence works and how it looks and how it plays and it just, it really like blew my mind. And I mean, like to me, that's still the ultimate, like there's anime today that I, I like, I'm not sort of knocking modern day anime, but it doesn't have that same mind blowing. Oh my God, what is this kind of thing? That like Akira <laughs> the first time I saw it, where it just, like, oh, definitely. I couldn't even comprehend what I was watching. It was like totally different from anything <laughs> else I'd ever seen. No, no, I told these guys Akira was on your list, and I'm like, there's no way I'm touching that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, even to the, even today, there's just so many layers to it. Oh yeah, you could do a whole you could do a whole podcast on 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 that stuff. And yeah, and I mean, you know that that really was you know sort of my introduction to it. And so Ninja Scroll is one of those. It might have been the it, this might have been the very first anime movie I I ever saw. Like oh, literally wow, awesome. in the first. Oof. We're talking like the first three or four exposures to the genre right here, or not the genre the form the, the form yeah yeah well so so, yeah, so actually for me the, the first time i ever did anything with uh with uh, ninja scrolls was actually with the video game i think on super nintendo mm -hmm. or regular nintendo and yeah. I, I used to play that all the time and then i didn't even know that it was an anime uh right. um until, until way 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 <laughs> later yeah yeah like i didn't yeah, get to that... talk to you guys but i think ramon and Ro, this was your first time watching the movie right i'm the one yes. that's seen this movie like 20 times <laughs> 
So, Lon, I'm the newbie to the group as far as anime goes. I, mm-hmm. I grew up wanting to be an animator, actually, but more on the Disney side and stuff like that. I even wanted to do comics for a while. So it's just weird to me that this anime as, as a, like, you know, a form of kind of portraying stories came to me so late. Definitely a big fan of movies and shows, and, and that was always my thing. So I think I've seen this type of like violence and sexuality in movies way be- before I should have um, <laughs> comparably right, to yeah. something comparably to something like like um, Ninja Scroll. But at the same time, like watching it today for the first time, like it definitely had a lot of that like shock value. I just had to put myself back, you know, a few decades, a couple decades and just being like, <laughs> man, how would have this felt if I was like a teenager? It would have been blown yeah. away. And now, like, you know, it was still a great story. It had this beautiful animation that still holds really strong. So I think, yeah, whether it was, like, you watching it way back in the day and, like, as far as, like, being, you know, young and then just seeing it like this an adult now. And I'm like, it holds, like, really great ground. And I just, you know, enjoyed every bit of it. No, I think. Yeah, there's, there's. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead, Lon. I was going to say, there's just, there's a real, there's a real, there's, there's cleverness and there's thought behind everything. Like e- everything is visually interesting. Everything is different. He never, he never kills a, a, a demon just by like, you know, slashing it and then they, it cuts in half or whatever. Like you're used to seeing in movies. There's, there's so much visual inventiveness. And I think that was part of it too. When I, you know, was new to this is like, and again, not to knock Disney and not to knock all these great <laughs> animated movies. They're, they're terrific. But there, there isn't that same level of it. They're, they're more about the storytelling. They're more about the characters. They're more about the songs. And the animation is like the vehicle. Like that's how we tell you the story of Frozen. But yeah. like Ninja School is so much about, it's just purely a visual experience. And it's about like the way that these characters fight and move and the, the tricks that they use and the, the way that you cut around the battles to, for maximum sort of impact. Uh, and that was really, it was just so, so different and so interesting. Uh, certainly for my young mind, but it, it does. It holds up today. I mean, rewatching it today, it's still great. No, no, it's funny because in a world today where everybody's watching Demon Slayer and that's like the popular big thing right now, if anybody right. of those people went and wa- watched this movie, I know for a fact that they would love it. It's just the only problem right now. This movie is very hard to find. Currently, it's not, <laughs> not, it's not streaming anywhere. You can, yeah. unless you own a physical media copy of it, it's like almost impossible to find it. So that's like the only thing that makes me sad about having to do this rewatch that we just couldn't find it anywhere. So, so oh, yeah. actually, the, the the funny thing about that too is, so, so we couldn't find it anywhere, and that we we found a place where where we could watch it, but uh, these two other guys they have iPhones, and on their phones they could watch it in English, but I, I could only <laughs> find it in Japanese or in Spanish. I know Spanish, oh, no. but so, oh, so I started watching it in Spanish, and then I ha- uh, I have a tech uh, a tech savvy friend that figured out how I could download it and watch it in English. So then uh, I didn't even I didn't even realize it was totally unavailable. But I mean, that is that's such yeah. a it's such a shame. I think if, if you're an and it's always been I don't mean to say it's always been this way. If you're an American anime fan, like going back, yeah. as yeah. I said, to the 90s, it wasn't like when I first watched this, it was on HBO. Like I had to have a friend who literally physically handed me a copy, <laughs> like go home and watch this, put this on your VCR. So, yeah, but it, it, it you would hope that now that we're in the high streaming era and there is, you know, there's Crunchyroll and all this other stuff. You would sort of hope that these these are the classics. This isn't like some <laughs> obscure title, I don't think. Like Ninja Scrolls is no. one of those handful of classic animes like everybody who loves anime should see. And it is such a shame that it's so hard to access for people. No, no, honestly, I probably should be destroyed. I should have destroyed my laptop after watching it the way we did. But, you know, <laughs> I had to do this uh, recording, I so do. I kept it for now. <laughs> 
Well, this is good. This will encourage more people to get, get the I, word I, out on it, you know? I, yeah. Absolutely. I think this is some movie that if, I, again, if a lot of people gave it a chance or were able to find it, they would 100% like enjoy it as much as we did. Um, Ramon, you sound like you kind of made the rookie mistake of watching this with your wife. and <laughs> She was a little bit, uh, <laughs> obviously... Who recommended this? Dad, <laughs> it's back on the internet. I don't know. That, that lasted a whole five minutes before she just. Yeah. Can you have my phone? Can you have my phone, please? Yeah, Let me look away. Thing will take yes, out, yeah. yes. But but you know, and, and I kind of see like perhaps why it's a little harder to find, and, and those things kind of you know taken out of context or just being put in that like very initial part of the movie in the very beginning of the movie kind of does have a weird start to it but i think you know for everyone that stuck around and watched the rest of the movie um you know it's a, it's a good topic to kind of start with in a sense of it's like that graphic and is that grim of a story and it just kind of sets the mood for this is not going to be a a fun like happy go lucky this guy goes on a quest or a journey right. uh it definitely sets the mood for you know some crazy <laughs> yeah. stuff like you were you were mentioning it earlier like he never kind of fights a guy the same way he never kills the guy the same way and it's just all together it just became an art like watching it every every little like especially like the what are they called the eight ninjas of um uh, kimon yeah the demons of kimon like every everyone had a cool attack he had a cool attack to fight back she had a cool attack to fight back so it, it's just you know it, it, i like the darkness in the beginning uh, i'm a big fan of just like that crazy like gritty storytelling because you know it's it's, it's a dark side that we all have inside of us so yeah. I also, I mean, that that's that's true creatively, but I, I, it's interesting too. If you look back at the early days of when these companies were first starting to import a lot of anime into the the U.S., they were looking for stuff that was different, you know, like stuff mm -hmm. that would kind of set it apart. Like Americans aren't, you, this is going to really blow their mind. Like Americans are using this kind of crazy stuff in their cartoons. So I think the the extremeness and the shock value of it was probably part of the appeal in that early era of like. We're gonna really like blow some minds and make it about. Whereas there was, you know, stuff like like Dragon Ball Z was also coming over at around that point, and it was like, you know, uh, uh, did not have that same like you know sort of shocking in your face immediate grab people's attention kind of value. No, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the, the the first like major kill that there was in in the movie was was the, the that that one one of the that first demon with the with the stone skin ripping off the arms of of, of that one ninja right in front starts, of the the girl and he starts drinking like the blood which i think that's like, yeah. a very iconic shot yeah. i feel like i've seen that in a lot of different things <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that, i mean right, that he's like well okay, that's also when you introduce the idea like these aren't just like badass ninjas they're fighting they're like monsters like literally otherworldly creatures yeah, no, no mercy whatsoever. No, I, I like, and even just the idea of them starting like with that whole plague story to me was very alluring because oh, yeah. uh, well, the whole thing's a mystery right from the beginning, right? You know that the the main uh, Jubei, the main guy, like you know, he goes into it. You know, he's kind of a mercenary type solo. Like I don't know if he was a Ronin. You know, soon you find out he was part of this like ninja group that all kind of betrayed each other. And <laughs> but the, but the story's still a little confusing. You're like, what's going on? And then he gets stuck in the middle of this whole like weird fight between clans and this whole thing about a plague that later you find out it's a whole worse than it, it really is. <laughs> no, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Die Hard. It's like the wrong guy at the wrong time at the wrong place. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
but it's also i really like how it's it's complicated it, it like it, mm-hmm. on one level it could just be this very simple like this guy's get he's got to kill these eight other guys you know and like it's it's that <laughs> sort of very you know obvious kind of anime storytelling but then it really is like there's a political dimension where there's like this guy who's working as a spy for the government and then there there are all of these other sort of more complex the interplay between all of the ninja clans and how they sort of relate to one another and know about one another and I, I love that it's in that kind of world where it is. It does feel like there's a little bit more kind of depth and complexity to the world than just like he's a wandering Ronin and he's got to <laughs> kill these eight guys, which a lot, a lot of great samurai and ninja movies are just that, you know. But it's like it, yeah. it's cool that this is working on another level. No, I definitely like that some of the partners that he kind of got tagged in this movie with, like especially the girl that's uh, immune to poison. I definitely like how they yeah. set up her up as like, oh, she can never be with anybody, or hey, hey. Jubei, if you think you killed that rock guy, it wasn't actually you that killed her, killed him. It was actually this girl because of her poison abilities. So I like that there's so many layers to her, but it just kind of sucks the way she's also being used throughout the whole movie. And I think that's where it kind of people mention it's a little bit outdated, but it's definitely one yeah. of those things where like her character and even that old man, like in this podcast, we respect elderly, but this old man kind of sucks. <laughs> like I did not, I did not like his screaming at all. <laughs> No, I mean, well, you knew the story was going to have a little bit of a love story. And I think that's something that kind of like started getting me like thinking. It's like, clearly there's going to be some some kind of like romantic tension between these two characters. Because almost from the beginning, it was kind of a, you know, you, you could just see them making googly eyes at each other. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, I think it's like things like that that really makes it appealing. Because like you were saying, Carlos, like she was kind of cursed with this like poison um, you know, again, she won't be affected by poison, but at the same time, her whole body's poison, like even a kiss. And then, you know, as the story progresses and you could tell that their romantic tensions only like grown and they just kind of ultimately, you know, have feelings for each other. It just becomes like a whole nother layer of what I was telling Raul. If you were listening to this and watching it in Spanish, I'm sure it, like, <laughs> I'm sure it reminded him of a telenovela, like a, a like soap opera. Because it is kind of like in the background, it is kind of that context of like, you know, this like very like on his own dude who just ultimately runs into this girl who also at the same time has this vendetta now after like her whole like group of like shinobi have been murdered. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a great idea of just kind of going through this like trail to make this crazy dark story even crazier because then you have this like uh, can happen love uh, relationship going on. Like, Lon, I don't know what you thought about the main bad guy. Um, you know, is there anything about Genma. him like Gen- Genma and the fact Genma, that he could just like, I guess the way they call it is like he can reincarnate himself. But in reality, it's like, dude, this the guy's just Wolverine to another extreme. Like, almost like a Deadpool situation here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, a movie like this, it's so, so much of it is about the build. You know, it's like we're, we're it, any, any of that kind of like tournament structure to it you know where it's yeah. like where you're, you're taking on the low level fighters and then you're building through the whole movie and you gotta you gotta have the the sort of massive payoff at the end <laughs> and uh and i think yeah like you know so so it's a cool concept for that because it's like he's essentially unkillable and i also noticed going through this time just as like a you know because the first time I watched this, I was not writing my own screenplays or thinking <laughs> screenwriter-wise. They really, they introduce a lot of the stuff early. Like, they're doing a really mm-hmm. good job of, like, signposting where yeah. the story is going to go and, like, giving you these hints about, oh, the gold in the village. Like, that's set up in the first 20 minutes, I think the old mm-hmm. guy mentions, the, yeah. that he's, you know, watching out over all of that gold that they're storing there. And, like, that, like that. That's that's really good for a movie like this that's an action movie, that's a martial arts movie, that's got so much else on its mind, to really be taking the time to layer in that storytelling and really think about it 
that way is, you know, like, I think that's part of why it holds up so well and has remained so sort of relevant to this day. And, and yeah, I mean, I think a lot, there's so many, like, the bad guys in this movie have so many like bits and gimmicks and you realize like most movies don't, they give them one, you know, they'll have like one gimmick or whatever for the <laughs> well, bad guy. No. And and this is like this whole world of these villains and using the wire to communicate yeah, and they, good you know, kill each other remotely and, and all their, you know, they're, they're, they're competitive and they're kind of shitty with each other and they're constantly, <laughs> you know, sort of like riling each other. And it becomes sort of tropey in anime ever since, but it, it really adds a lot of dimension to the movie and makes it more compelling, I think. No, definitely, because yeah. even with the lightning guy, they make reference that not only does Genma make love to him, but also makes love to the girl with the snakes, I believe. So right, yeah, there's, there's, the fact all, that, like, there's also yeah, it's awesome. triangles and stuff. Super yeah. cool. <laughs> the, and um, it's one of those things you, you get when, you know, because it was like these stories that have existed in these other formats and they're they're adapting and the, like there's a whole world to draw and there's a lot there's a lot to adapt it isn't just like this one idea and yeah that's cool to just feel like it, it's kind of what we've lost like we're in the middle of this franchise era where every oh, movie is like one episode of like a five <laughs> movie arc or whatever and there are no more like hidden little corners in the stories everything gets its own like oh well don't you want to see where that guy's blaster came from so you want to know where that sword came from go to the backstory of this guy before he showed up here to fight that guy and, and ninja school's full of just like i wonder what that person's backstory and where they came from or like who knows it'll never be it'll never be explained yeah no, it's part this, of the mystery of it. this Absolutely. is a yeah, no, this is the first time I've ever seen a blind anime samurai get killed because of the fact that he couldn't see. Like, I was shocked to, <laughs> yeah. to see that the fact that the only reason he lost is because he couldn't see the blade in front of him that managed to block the hit. I was like, oh, my God, like, right. I don't think I've ever seen that in any other anime. Normally, the the blind samurai or blind right. person can. All their other senses are so heightened. They've got that daredevil <laughs> sonar. Like, they can see the waves or whatever. Yeah. Donnie, yeah, in awesome. other words. <laughs> yeah. I think well, it, I like Zatoichi. That's the that's the that's the blind swordsman, right? I, I, yeah, honestly, yeah. I named them rock guy, snake guy, ninja. Uh, oh no, I, I, there's another <laughs> very popular Japanese franchise. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. Zatoichi yeah. Zatoichi. Uh, he's the he's a blind swordsman, but it's exactly oh. the the trope. Yeah. I think Takashi Kitano did a few movies with them, uh, yeah. where it's like. He's blind, but he's got daredevil power. So, like, he exactly. can hear, yes. he can hear a twig break over there and knows exactly where you are. <laughs> yeah, but but I think to your point, Carlos, I think that's the funny part is that in this movie, it was kind of like they they did weren't good enough, I guess. And a couple mm-hmm. of those like bad guys like also had the deaths were kind of very self caused. Like you had the guy that controlled the wasps. He ultimately kind of killed himself, right? Like he, he jumped in the water and those wasps wanted to, or I guess he was dragged in the water, but ultimately the wasps, like his power was his own demise. So ultimately he just kind of tried to escape out of his body. Didn't know what was going on in the beginning, but then right away I was like, wait, is he getting like poked out? Like they're coming out and trying to escape. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Or, 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 or kind of like the, the the string guy that 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 he got killed by one of the other demons because she she accidentally allowed him to fall to <laughs> to uh, to her trap with with the rat that exploded and killed him off and then she died like right away right after that too. Yeah, I, I, I like that. You know, Star Wars kind of has this this idea too that the the villains are always in a way they're always kind of undone by their own pride and hubris. <laughs> you know, like it's like mm-hmm. it's like the the. 
you know, people in the empire are always like, they don't see the, 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 the Jedi sneaking in because they're so caught up in what they're doing and they're so proud of their new security system. And I think, yeah, it's a little bit of that same idea here. Like they're so, they're so confident in their own powers and abilities that this mild mannered unseen, you know, Jubei who's kind of low key and doesn't make a big show of himself can always like get right by them. But yeah. by any chance, Lon, have you ever seen the movie uh, Vampire D Bloodlust? Because it's by the same director, so I wasn't sure if you had gotten a chance uh, to like, see that as I well. Don't, I don't know. I've definitely seen some Vampire Hunter D stuff, but I think I might yeah. have seen the show. I don't. I don't okay. know if I've seen any films. I think I've probably I, I, seen the series. I recommend Bloodlust because it has a lot of the things that you're you're mentioning that you love about this movie, and oh, there's yeah. also like okay, you know there's also a, there's also a ninja that can kind of go through the shadows. So it's kind of like what it reminds me a little bit of that movie as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I love that bit. That was the first time I saw anybody do a bit like that. Was it this shadow movie powers? where there's a shadow on the floor and then a guy like rises up out of the shadow so and cool. like shoots you with the gun? That's incredibly <laughs> cool, and I don't think I've yeah. seen that anybody do that in a movie until this. No, then no, he's seen no. it a couple of times where it's always like, I think they even mentioned in there how his abilities are just unseen of or like just unheard of. But yeah, he does it a couple of times. He was probably one of yeah. my cooler villains in this one just because yeah, of the, his... the, the the chain, whatever, the chain gun. The claw. Thing. Yeah. The claw. The claw. The claw. <laughs> and I see like, I mean, now watching this movie, it kind of makes sense. Like I, I've seen a lot of anime. I've seen some movies that even kind of borrow from these concepts a lot, which, you know, again, oh, sure. going, going back and watching that, it's always just cool to see and like where people probably got those ideas and you know again always being fan of those stories and whatever medium that they are I, I mean i just love seeing those connections because again you know being an artist it's like you you always have someone to copy someone to be like get inspired from and it's just you know keep keep, keep the thing going as long as like we get some good content that's all that matters like yeah we, we had mentioned demon slayer even earlier on the show and we did we did the 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 train mugen train we did that oh, for yeah. honest trailers i'd never really yeah. seen it but we did that movie for honest trailers so i watched it and that was the first thought i had when i was watching this was like Oh, the, the demons are very much like the demons from Ninja Scroll. They've all got like a little bit of power and they've all got a little speech before they show up and try to kick your ass. And like, so it definitely feels like a little bit of a nod in some way. It's, it, it's funny because I made all of them watch that tra that honest trailer right before we came to record with you. And I thought it was so funny. Oh. <laughs> the, the joke you know, it. <laughs> it's surprising that, you know, I watched so many and like even my wife, like we just constantly watch a lot of screen like junkies content and then especially those honest trailers. And it's always surprising when I don't see one and I've never seen this like a uh, Mugen train one. So I was actually laughing because it's most relevant because it is kind of an influence, it, it is influence <laughs> from this movie as well. Uh, but yeah. then seeing those comments, like you said, it's just for someone who hasn't seen them like the rest of the series and then jumping onto something like Mugen Train being like, what? What's going on? Who are yeah, these we, guys? <laughs> we used yeah. to avoid, we used to avoid anime because we're, you know, we're older dudes. Spencer and I are around the same age. We're in our, we're in our 40s. Uh, Danielle Radford, a little, a little younger, but but still we're, we're of this generation, like the, yeah. the Ninja Scroll yeah. generation. And so we don't, you know, we're not, we're not super up to date. And so I, I think there was always a little bit of a concern that, well, if we jump in and start talking about anime, we're going to, they're going to bust us. They're going to be like, these old guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so, so there was a little hesitancy there, but I think as we've dipped our toe into it more and more, it, it, it gets, the reception's always really, really good. People like it when we do it. They think it's funny. They even, even if we don't quite get it, it's fun to have like the old guys come in and try to figure out what the hell you're talking about. So I think we're probably going to yeah. keep doing 
more of it over time. We're, we're the ones that love that. I mean, that that's how we feel sometimes doing this podcast because like we we try to <laughs> we were we were originally trying to do a lot of movies too because again we're big fans of movies and then little by little Carlos's influence and his love for anime. I'm like, you yeah. know what? There's so much content, especially right now with everything going on with the film industry. I'm glad yeah, we have something like yeah, yeah. Some some good <laughs> stories, some good stories involved there. And I'm just like, you know, why why not? Well, let's keep exploring this, especially because there's so much content out there that all these other channels and people provide. But again, for us to be kind of like mid to late 30s for ourselves, like we feel also sometimes a little out of place. So it is kind of fun to have those like similar like, oh, yeah, I appreciate this because I'm also raised on these other movies and this other yeah. like ref all the references that do make a difference. So it's good. Yeah, I think I think there there was this idea that you know everybody who talked about anime are expected to have a certain level of like authoritativeness and understanding, yeah. and if you don't come in with that, get you know what are you doing no. here? Get out of here! And I, it, it's not I don't think it is as much like that as maybe we perceived, and and so yeah, it's fun to sort of dip a toe in every now and again and do something no, yeah. really different. So I think I think we probably will keep doing, it. especially now that they're coming no. out and they're being huge hits in theaters i mean we just did oh um, yeah what are we a drag dragon ball bro super not broly superhero the one that came after that which was like a big you know yeah crossover yeah. movie theater hit so how could we avoid doing that you gotta do right. those <laughs> no yeah like they just announced that they, they were doing a my hero academia like the fort movie and those are big money makers right. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, that now we don't really have an excuse to to, <laughs> I, to dodge them. If they're coming out in theaters and becoming big hits and everybody's into it, it's just like, well, those are movies, you know, we gotta, we gotta do by, out of trailers for them. By any chance, are you going to be checking out the One Piece on Netflix, the live action? Oh, I'll definitely <laughs> have to check it out. I think uh, just, just morbid curiosity. Uh, yeah, I, I watched the Cowboy Bebop. A uh, live mm. action show, and I, I think I even I watched the Death Note live action. Oh, God. oh my God! No. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I here's the thing, and I, I don't want to prejudge. I'm going to check it out, so I don't want to say oh, it's like yeah. bad side of tea. But the, the, the thing about the One Piece trailer, it, it, it kind of has the same look as the Cowboy Bebop thing, where you could sort. It just feels small. It just feels like. It feels empty that, that uh, like the one piece anime and I'm not a huge, like I haven't seen a ton of it. I've only seen a little, but yeah. it's like a sprawling, big, busy, active world. Like that's the energy and the hugeness of it is part of the appeal, I think. And so when you see them do it on Netflix and you can really, t it looks like a set and you can tell they're, they're doing a lot of those shots where they go under the people and go up. So you don't have to see, the whole set behind them, you could just see the sky and they're like kind of looking in the camera. There's a lot of shots like that. And it just feels like, well, if you're not going to really go for it and give us the world of One Piece, why, why bother? Because fans are going to yeah. like the minimal version. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the big thing about um, One Piece 2 is that th that world, uh, at least in the anime, is so like fantastical with, yeah. with people that are huge. They have giants. They have like all these superpowers. Yeah, superpowers. <laughs> right. It's like a yeah, crazy I, I, world. Yeah, and it's so hard to, especially uh, the, the stretchy power. It's so hard to make that look well on on video, like 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 in all the Fantastic Four movies and stuff like that. That it's <laughs> yeah. going to be interesting to yeah. see how how they do it. Yeah, I think there's a reason why Miss Marvel, or um, you know, they, they didn't get that power oh, yeah. the way it is portrayed in the comic books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like kind of what we've been saying. Like like so much of the appeal of these anime movies and shows is the animation, is the visual inventiveness, is the you know, go for broke creativity of these artists can make the, you know, characters do whatever they want and make these worlds whatever they want. And it's like limitless. 
And then when Netflix is going to do it, like, well, now you're in a room. You got to like make that guy do it. You know, you got to like make the costume look right. And like a lot of animes, like the costumes are physically impossible. You know, like the collar is here and the back is there. Like, like these people aren't shaped like humans. And I, I don't know, you're making, it's so hard to take that like limitless imagination and then pen it into like what you can realize on a TV budget. And I, it seems almost like, yeah. why are they still trying yeah. all the time? I get why they're still trying, because if one worked, it would be a huge hit. But yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't think One Piece is going to be the one. I gotta say. <laughs> That's I'm, I'm, too, I'm skeptical right now, guys. <laughs> I think we're all skeptical on that. But, uh, yeah. you know, to bring it a little bit back to, like, Ninja Scrolls, something that I found out while I was doing my research is that they actually try to make a sequel to the, to the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a two-minute trailer that you can watch that they released and they were trying to get the financial to be able to do this movie. And I'm surprised, like my shock, I guess it didn't happen, but you know, is there any chance that you think Jubei could fit into this world? Like if they did make a new animated movie in 2023, Elon? Yeah, or a remake? I feel like they missed their... <laughs> no, no remake, like, please. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they kind of missed their, the, the, the window. This just happened like, uh, I don't know if you said the other day, Nintendo, Nintendo. Netflix was like, uh, they're not going to do the Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah, they, they were planning yeah. on doing a He-Man movie and that's, that's now shut down. And it's like, I feel like we're right at the end of the point where you can make a He-Man movie because He-Man fans are like, we're getting too old and the kids don't, I don't think the kids care that much about mm-hmm. He-Man. And that would be my same concern here is like the guys who love Ninja Scroll, we got gray in our beards now. We're not making the financial decision. You can't make movies just for us anymore. You got to make them for younger people. And I don't know if there's still... I feel like maybe 2023, 24 is like your last chance and then you've lost, you've lost your moment. I think the frustrating thing with that too is they had spent 30 million already on like working yeah. on it. So it's like a little bit, you know, where we're dealing with a writer's strike and actor strike. It's like when you're wasting money like this, it's very hard to like avoid the fact that you guys are definitely in need assistance with some of these financial planning. But yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. What's yeah, I'd love to see more. I mean, it, it's such a cool world. I feel like there was a ton they could have done with it. I'm not trying to give everybody ideas like Netflix, do a show. But like, <laughs> no. well, it does feel like there would have been more you could have done with this world if, you know, if I, everything was different, I guess. I think the one they keep pulling my strings with is Akira, because there's always talks about, you know, either Jordan Peele like or Christopher Nolan, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. It's like, oh, my God, like somebody, please. <laughs> I don't think I mean, I don't I don't get how it makes sense in, in a non-Japanese context. It's kind of like Godzilla, mm-hmm. like when we tried to take Godzilla and move him to New York, it's like, well, he's still <laughs> Godzilla. But the, the heart and soul of Godzilla is Tokyo. It's like it's, yep. it's sort of. It's inseparable. It's such a Japanese story. It's about their history. And, you know, uh, and I, I feel kind of the same way where it, it's just like, you know, I, I don't I don't know if you can remove it from that that sort of context. I, I think recently I saw you promoting the fact that you really watch you watch one of these Shin movies on Amazon Prime. And yes, you really love I it. love the yeah. Shin movies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Which ones? Uh, Hideki Anno, the guy who did uh, Evangelion. Evangelion. Evangelion, sorry. Uh, He has made a series, he's done three now, of like live action uh, remakes of like tokukatsu, like those old special effects, uh, Japanese, like nostalgia. He's basically doing their their version of our nostalgia reference movie. So the first one he did was Shin Godzilla. Then he did Shin Ultraman. And then the new one, which I just watched, was Shin Kamen Rider. Which Ooh. I think might be the best one. So yeah, <laughs> gotta go check that out. It's, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime in the U.S. now. Uh, Shin Kamen Rider, Shin Mask think, Rider. 
in the English transit. I think I showed Carlos a um, a little commercial for one of the toys already because in, in that universe they're all supposed to merge into like a Megazord type like toy. Yeah. So you have like the <laughs> you have the Ava Wood and then you have like Godzilla and then you have Kamen Rider and Ultraman and it's just say you know it's it's a cool concept if you're a fan yeah. of those. Like I grew up watching Godzilla movies and. Like you said, it's just being in that world. It's just it makes it so much better that taking out of context is a little weird. But that Shin universe, is just beautiful. It's really cool. And yeah, like yeah, like Common cool. Rider. That those shows are. It's basically like what like the show that Power Rangers adapted yeah. from. It's not the same show, but it's <laughs> yeah. it, that's Super Sentai Warriors, I think. But yeah. it's the same kind of concept where it's like the crazy costumes and they're doing the martial arts, but it's like very kind of homemade special effects and and so. Uh, yeah, it's just it's like a kind of a modern sort of reinvention of that, but not not like snarky, not like tongue in cheek, like the way we would do it. Not like if we got Ryan Reynolds to play Common Rider, like <laughs> like Otto takes he still takes it really seriously and like includes like the melodrama, like we've been talking oh about, God, and yeah. like the the sincerity of it, and I think that's what makes them so great. Like the the Shin Godzilla movie is basically like it's 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 really about the Fukushima disaster and like the the sort of government response and bureaucracy of it. Like there's a lot going on in these movies. They're not just fun nostalgia bait, although they are also. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that um, movie yeah, in particular, yeah, that movie in particular was great too. Cause you do see that little different context. If you see more about the people, the emergency protocols, the way that people just evacuate. And then of course you have a Godzilla that evolves to different levels. It's pretty yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and even if you know Godzilla and know all the classic <laughs> Godzilla films, he's, he's reinventing them. So there are surprises. He's doing different things. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Even if you already know the material really. No, no, yeah, like I'm, I'm the biggest Evangelion fan. You know, I have an Evangelion tattoo. I have some of the, you know, toys. So, like, yeah, I love any anything that guy can do because it leaves a lot of interpretation, and I love that about him. And some people yeah, kind of find that a little bit frustrating. <laughs> no, it, it's always a little weird, and it's never like going exactly where you think. And it never just just like Evangelion, it's never ending on like a tie it all together. <laughs> closure oh, make you feel like oh that was a good show i enjoyed it it's never kind of just like leaving you you know he's always unsettling you right up until the end and leaving you with more questions than answers and he's still doing that even in these kind of silly shin universe movies which i really admire yeah awesome. no no that, no definitely i mean blonde i mean is there anything last final thoughts on you know ninja scroll that you want to like take us on no, you know, I'm, again, just, great I'm movie. really sorry i'm really sorry i picked something that was so hard for everyone to find and watch i did not oh no no I, I'm, 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 I'm glad that you did it was it was uh, awesome to watch so if you are listening to this at home feel free like BitTorrent. i encourage you to bootleg <laughs> this movie wherever <laughs> oh. you can find it it's a virtuous <laughs> thing to bootleg a movie that they're not making available for american audience that's, that's what I <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely want to say that people should go out of the way to find this movie because, again, in a world where everybody loves Demon Slayer, like, I know for a fact that people will love this movie if they give it a chance. And I think people should know the name Jubei. Like, I think the name Jubei should be something that somebody says it. And it's like, why did you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and if, if you want to know how, how to find it, you can message us and then we'll we'll send you all the instructions. Whether God, you no, I don't want to have an iPhone or, or, or if you're going to watch it on your laptop, we'll, we'll let you know because we went through it all. <laughs> yeah, you can take care of that part, Raul. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> yeah, just just message Raul. <laughs> there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, message Raul privately. Oh. But uh, Lon, it's been great. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate thank it. I hope in the near future I can do this again with another movie. But thank you so much. It's always yeah. been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Oh, absolutely.
Right, Big well, fans. I'll talk, I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night, everybody. See ya.